0: Welcome to Ring the Bell, brought to you by the ASX and Bell Direct. My name is Jessica Romier. I'm a senior market analyst with Bell Direct. And today we're joined by Rory Cunningham. He's the senior manager of investment products at the ASX. Rory, it's great to see you and thank you so much for your time.
1: Thanks for having me.
0: So, since 2016, we've seen the ETF market quintuple, it's now $100 billion. There's over 220 ETFs listed on the ASX, but today we wanted to cover the five major drivers of ETF growth and what investors need to know and be across. So the first driver of growth is that the younger generation of investors are increasingly using ETFs. Tell us about that.
1: Yeah, so we produce the ASX Australian Investor Study uh, every two to three years And what we found in our latest study was that next generation investors, these are investors that are aged 18 to 24 years old, uh, one in five next generation investors actually hold ETFs. And actually what we're finding is that one in 10 next generation investors said that uh, an ETF was their first ever investment. Um, and, And that's pretty incredible. But in the US, research actually shows that An ETF is now more likely to be an investor's first ever investment. The research also showed that 45% of next generation investors in Australia plan to buy ETFs in the next 12 months. So there'll be further growth in this space. Um, We're strong believers that Australia is a a DIY nation and younger self-directed investors are flocking towards ETFs.
0: And the second major driver of ETF growth is that we're increasingly seeing investors buy ETFs to invest in megatrends.
1: Yeah, so thematic ETFs are being used to buy into megatrends. And we've seen this kind of emerge over the last couple of years in what are called thematic ETFs. And these are really ETFs that are tracking specific trends that shape our economy. Uh, Maybe if I can give you some examples, uh, ACDC, which is a battery tech and lithium ETF. Uh, Cure, which is a biotech ETF. Hack, which is a global cybersecurity ETF. Uh, ESPO or ESPO is a video great gaming and esports ETF. CLNE is a global clean energy ETF. And ATEC is an Australian technology company ETF. So lots of great tickers there, uh, but you can get the sense of the types of themes these ETFs are are following. What's really interesting to to us is that these ETFs started out on the fringes of financial services but have become quite popular uh, last year in 2020 and also through 2021. I think the, the sudden shift in working from home as well as the growth in technology, uh, stocks has really driven that growth in thematic ETFs. Investors that use these ETFs are typically trying to generate alpha in their portfolio. And if the USA is any indication where there's thousands of ETFs available and possibly hundreds of thematic ETFs, then we expect to see further growth in the range of thematic ETFs in Australia.
0: Moving to the third major trend taking place, and that is, as the world is striving to be emission-free by 2050, we're also seeing investors back clean investments too. Specifically, we're seeing a lot of funds go into ESG ETFs, and the ESG stands for environmental, the S stands for social, G stands for governance, and this trend is likely to continue.
1: So there's about US $1.3 trillion expected to flow into global ESG, ETFs, and also index managed funds by 2030. And in the next five years, ESG, ETFs are expected to represent about a third of global assets. So the ESG movement is becoming extremely um, powerful and dominant in the investment space. I suppose investors have realized that their investment dollars can make a difference in the world and that by neglecting ESG factors companies can also become exposed to greater financial risk. So these investors are really enabling, sorry these ESG ETFs are really enabling investors to invest ethically across Australian shares, global shares and even fixed income. In Australia the first ESG focused ETF was from Russell Investments in 2015, the ticker for that is RARI But there's now 15 ESG-focused ETFs on the ASX with assets under management of over $4 billion. Uh, Through 2020, the the BetaShares Global Sustainability Leaders ETF, which is ticker EFI, uh, featured in the top 10 of inflows for all ETFs listed in ASX. So investors really backing that ESG theme. I think it's worth pointing out, Jess, that for investors that want to invest in ESG ETFs, it's really important that they do their research. Because every ESG ETF takes, I suppose, a slightly different slant in terms of how it builds an ESG portfolio. I think we expect to see further innovation, not only in just both standalone ESG ETFs, but also further integration of ESG research into traditional ETFs, just as governments, corporates and investors uh, realise the importance of sustainable investing.
0: And hopefully, Australia does become emission-free by 2050. So let's move to the fourth trend. And that's that we're increasingly seeing Australian investors use ETFs listed on the ASX to invest in international shares.
1: Yeah, that's right. Um, Australia historically has had quite a home bias in terms of uh, where Australian investors allocate their funds. But international equities now make up over 50% Of funding flows as investors use those international ETFs to gain access to international markets more efficiently via a single trade uh, of an ETF. I think what's really important for investors to keep in mind is that Australia only makes up 2% of the world's market by market cap. So it's really important for investors to think about the role that global equities can play in their portfolio and the opportunities that international companies can provide. Uh, you know, As we all know, the brand names that we use ourselves um, and surround ourselves with every day are increasingly global companies. In uh, Australia, and listed on the ASX, there's over 100 global equity ETFs available. So There's quite a lot of choice now, which is great to see. Most of the flows tend to go towards those traditional index tracking ETFs. Uh, Two of the, I suppose, most popular are IVV, which is the iShares S&P 500 ETF, and also VGS, which is the Vanguard MSCI Index International Shares ETF. And perhaps investors are using these ETFs as part of a core portfolio. But a really interesting trend over the just last couple of years has been the emergence of active investment managers in the ETF space. Now, active managers for investors that that aren't familiar with them are trying to outperform an index. And they're usually doing this by managing a concentrated portfolio of stocks. So there's a a range of managers with active global equity ETFs uh, listed on the ASX from well-known established fund managers such as Magellan, Platinum, Fidelity, through to up-and-coming boutiques such as Montecar, Loftus Peak and Munro, to name a few. So I think when it comes to global equities, investors are also considering how the restart of economic activity following the pandemic has varied across the world. For example, Europe, Japan, China are indicating faster than expected economic recovery uh, on the backup of pent-up business activity and also consumer demands while other countries, including Australia, were still trying to navigate our way out of the pandemic. So whether it's accessing opportunities like that in the short term, uh, or if investors are trying to get longer term exposure to some of the best uh, and fastest growing companies in the world, then we think international ETFs are going to rise in popularity with Australian investors.
0: Definitely, I agree. And the fifth major trend that we're seeing is that some investors, particularly some of the older generation investors, are buying ready-made, fully diversified ETFs, as in uh, they're looking for one ETF that's, that's fully managed.
1: Yeah, so multi-asset ETFs has been emer- an emerging trend over the last couple of years and have definitely grown in popularity And in fact, in the last year, we've started to see multi-asset ETFs feature in the top 10 of inflows. Uh, The Vanguard Diversified High Growth ETF, which has the ticker VDHG, is one of those ETFs. Um, Some of the listeners today might not be familiar with multi-asset ETFs, so perhaps I should use an example. Um, Let's say an investor wanted to build a balanced portfolio. This would typically involve allocating funds across the following asset classes, about 50% into equities, about 40% into fixed income or bonds, and about 10% into cash. There's a a number of other considerations there, but if we just keep it simple for now, uh, the range of ETFs that are available on the ASX means that investors can build a balanced portfolio across those asset classes by picking different ETFs that specialize in each of those asset classes. One of the challenges with that is is that investors obviously first need to choose the ETFs that are going to do the job and then rebalance the portfolio back to the intended asset classes every so often. So for some investors, that doesn't sound quite appealing. Uh, The multi-asset class is where uh, a solution is, is offered. So an investor can buy one ETF that provides exposure to all of those asset classes and also takes care of the rebalancing. So on the ASX, BetaShares Shares and Vanguard have offerings in this space, which means that an investor can buy a conservative ETF with more exposure to defensive assets, uh, like fixed income than growth assets like equities, a balanced ETF, which provides a relatively equal mix of defensive uh, and also growth assets, or a high growth ETF, which provides more exposure to growth a- assets.
0: Wonderful. Well, you've given investors a lot to consider, regardless of their time frame and strategy. So there's always an ETF for someone. Rory Cunningham, thank you so much for your insights.
1: Thank you. Thanks for having me.